Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the latest Eurosport and Beautiful Game collaboration podcast for Euro 2020 in 2021, obviously. Uh, today, what else are we going to be talking about? It's the semifinals, the final four, the final week of the of what has been a fantastic tournament. And England are in the semifinals, a second successive semifinal in an international tournament. They're going to be taking on Denmark. But first, we're going to talk about how England got there. A fantastic performance against the Ukraine. Um also, we are going to be looking back on and looking ahead, of course, to the semi-finals between Italy and Spain, which is almost seems like a permanent Euros fixture these days, and how they both got there. So, guys, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having Thank us. You. It's a pleasure, welcome. Ibrahim. <laughs> Everyone, all right? Yeah, great, great, great. Intro on Euros. Yeah. There's only one yeah, week yeah, left. What are we going to do after? <laughs> what are we going to do next week when the Euros are done? Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to be it's counting fine. down to the Prem. We're going to have to be <laughs> counting down. <laughs> yeah, be on us before I'm we know be it. Cr- on us before we know it. Okay, so I'm first off, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, first off, let's jump straight into it. Let's talk England-Ukraine. 4-0. England, we never see this in an international tournament. When have England ever looked so comfortable in a game that meant so much? No, it's crazy because at 10pm, I got a text from one of my good friends and they said football's coming home again. I mean... What, what a performance from England. Um, I, I've never seen such a dominating performance in the latter stages of a tournament. I think uh, I've harped back to it before. You know, the midfield two of Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips have been sensational in securing the defence. I think Raheem Sterling, arguably the player of the tournament, in my opinion. And Harry Kane. Harry Kane's Harry Kane. I remember there was a clamour of critics saying... Uh, Harry Kane needs to be dropped. Harry Kane is not performing to the level that we know he can perform in. But we know Harry Kane, for me, is arguably the best striker in the world. And you have to play someone like that. You need to keep playing him. And eventually, once he gets his chance, he's going to stick it in the back of the net in the biggest moments and in the biggest games. And it was just a sensational performance. I can't really single out a player. I think everyone played their role. I mean, when Jordan Henderson came on from the bench, he looked like a man possessed. Like, for me, <laughs> this is one of the top five midfielders in the world. Every time I watch him play, he dominates the game. Scoring his first England goal. I mean, the celebrations after he scored his goal was just absolutely amazing. And I think football may be coming home, finally. And Dej, quickly, um, on Kane, how much of a confidence booster is that going to be for him after everything that's been said about him in this tournament to get two goals in very sort of Harry Kane fashion as well. Um, how much is that going to be a boost for him going forward in potentially these two massive games? A big boost for any international team. You want your striker to score. And I remember when he was getting his critics, he came out and sort of done a press round and he said, tournament football is all about peaking at the right time. And boy, has he chosen a, a right time to peak. And 
when you look at the game on the whole, that first five minutes, I thought, wow, England are on it. The way they were suffocating Ukraine up the pitch, pressing them into submission and Ukraine, they just couldn't cope. It, it was men against boys. Like it was real. That's really what it was. Ukraine didn't have the facilities or the capacity to cope with the heat that England brung. And, you know, as a general performance, you can't really point out any negatives. You know, it was totally on point. And it has to rank probably as one of the best international performances I've seen. Okay. And Doc, quickly on that, we'll talk about someone like Southgate. I mean, I'm not going to fully agree that it was one of the best international performances I've seen, but it's definitely one of the better England performances. With someone like Southgate, he knows what works. And you think potentially in that second half, what, three headers, three crosses, three goals. And it was, he knows what works, doesn't he? Well, everyone's clamoring out for, you know, the more creative talents and want to see perhaps some, some sort of more intricate play. But, you know, Southgate, he got it right, though, didn't he? Amidst all the criticism. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm lagging, so it's a bit um, really? delayed for me. But, yeah, of course, Southgate got it right. <laughs> the team came out and I was like, where's Jack Grealish again? <laughs> like, why, why are you not playing your best player? But I think now I just need to shut my mouth because this manager knows what he's doing. This manager is the best England manager that we've had in years. Um, and he he knows what works. He gets the formation right. He gets the tactics right. And England delivered their best performance of the tournament. I mean, to have that tactical nous to go through at the back against Germany and then change it to four at the back against Ukraine and go with a different approach and hit them for four, you have to give the manager credit. And a lot of people laughed when Gary Neville said, oh, you know, Gareth Southgate is England's biggest asset. And in this tournament, he's proved that to us, that he is England's biggest asset. And we need to give credit to Gareth Southgate because he's been a class act throughout the whole tournament. And that game obviously took place in Rome and coming up is two more games at Wembley. How much of an advantage is that going to be for England, Dej? Oh, a massive advantage, especially now that the fans are back. I mean, this is the mecca of football. This is England's home. So it's a massive advantage to be playing your next potential two games and Obviously, we're going to move on to the Denmark game. But I remember a few months ago, England playing Denmark with no fans, losing the game. But I know we'll touch on to that. So I think the fans is massive. And Dot, your thoughts on playing at Wembley? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, of course. The home advantage um, is going to be difficult because I think what we see in these semi-finals is that, in my opinion, the four best teams, I'm not necessarily saying player for player, but in terms of playing for teams as teams are in the semi-final. I think England are definitely going to fancy their chances against Denmark because player for player, they are the better team. And I think, yes, they said that Denmark, you know, got one over England in the last international game, but I don't think that's going to have any sort of play on the mind of the England players. I think mentally, I've never seen the England team so comfortable when it comes to securing a lead and keeping a lead. And all the players are just playing with confidence. So, yes. They know that they're going to Wembley. We saw Jude Bellingham tweet, Wembley, that way. And we're going to see the boys in Wembley. So I can't wait to see it. And of course, moving on to that game, we have Denmark who have, well, they continue to impress, obviously, their quarterfinal game. I mean, they were relatively, it, was, it wasn't perhaps their best performance of the tournament, but it was still impressive enough to see them through. And Casper um, Dolberg's proving to be a bit of a problem this tournament, isn't he? So um, yeah, what do England have to worry about? Um, I think, obviously, Denmark played that three at the back, which we've seen pay dividend. I mean, no, 
Jakob Mela, he's a massive, massive threat from that wing-back position. In my opinion, he's been one of the players of the tournament. So I think out wide, they need to sort of maybe put in a plan the same way they've done against Germany for Goosens. And we've seen with England, they've got that tactical versatility. So they're able to match up their opponents and dominate them. So I think out wide is going to be a massive department where they need to dominate. And also the threat of Damsgaard, because if you cut out the threat of the wide, you nullify a lot of the problems that Kasper Dolberg can cause. So I think those are the two areas what they need to worry about. Yeah, I think I'm just going to throw a third area into that. I think that centre midfield battle, I mean, Heiberg, we all know that he's a nasty, nasty midfielder. He's going to get his foot stuck in. Thomas Delaney, he's another one that covers ground. So I think that battle between Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice versus the two Denmark centre midfielders is crucial. Who wins the technical battle? Who wins the physical battle? Will probably end up winning the match. Yeah, and obviously... um. Denmark are going to be riding on a lot of emotion coming into this game, obviously, because of everything that's happened with Christian Eriksen beforehand. But obviously, we, as we all know, as we've all suffered in our lifetime, we know football doesn't care about our feelings, unfortunately. But we know that even without Eriksen, they're still a very good side, aren't they? This is what I've been saying to Ola, you know, so many times. I'm scared. Like, this Denmark team, they're scary. This is a great generation of Denmark players. They've got so much fighting spirit, so much togetherness, and they're all doing this for Christian Eriksen. So anyone that thinks that Wednesday night is potentially going to be an easy game, they better hide behind the sofas now because it's going to be a very difficult game, in my opinion. So for me, it's going to be a tight one, but I, I fancy England just player for player. They just have too much in their locker to, to just eventually unpick this Denmark defence. And you, Dej, your thoughts on the game? Predictions? Um, as I said, in October last year, we saw the game at Wembley. You know, Harry Maguire was sent off. So that's a massive bearing on how the result panned out. But I agree that that game, we have to take in isolation. This is a different sort of game. But on what I've seen so far in that tournament so far, I think Denmark have been riding a crest of a wave of emotion. But I think that was subdued against Czech Republic. And now this is about reality. And as I've said, England have had that ability to be able to chop and change, bring players out from the cold, bring them in. With Denmark, they've sort of been wheeling out the same players. And when you get to this stage, I think energy is a big part to play in the actual outcome of the games. And I think we saw that in the Ukraine game. But I think England with the fans, with the whole nation behind them, I think England are going to do it. Yeah. And finally... on. Sorry, No, I was just going to say a very last point. I think this game is very, very similar to the Croatia game. And I think England would have probably learned their mistakes from that game. Like, player for player, you can argue England are better than Croatia. Player for player, you can argue they're better than Denmark. And I think you don't want to go into this game and let's say if you come unstuck, you don't want to have any regrets like Croatia. So I, I just think England will learn so much from that Croatia experience and will see them over the line against Denmark. But what I would say, just to regurgitate what I've said previously, I think Denmark's performance against Wales is the best performance I've seen from any team in the Euros this tournament. And something's got to give, really, because Denmark have shown their capability in front of goal. They know how to score goals. They've been, you know, free scoring pretty much this tournament. And England's defence has been rock solid. Um, how do you see that battle going? Um, I think England... Again, they're probably going to have to do a lot more work than what they've done in the previous games because, as we've mentioned, Denmark are very potent going forward. But I just think 
the confidence that this team has, you know, with Stones, Maguire at the back, Rice, Calvin Phillips in front of that, nullifying the gaps. I can see England potentially keeping another clean sheet. So potentially we're talking a possibility of England in the final, but who will they be facing? Potentially Italy or Spain. Italy, they play Belgium and continue to impress again. You know, it was, it, again, that was one of their better performances in a tournament full of brilliant performances for Italy. Another brilliant performance to get past Belgium. Yeah, I'm not sure if I would say brilliant. Um, I think very good in the first half. Okay, first um, half perhaps, yeah. I thought they were probably <laughs> on top in the first half, yeah. Um, second half, yeah, I wasn't too sure about the Italy performance. I think they're better than that. Um, obviously, Belgium are an amazing team and they put them under some severe pressure, but for them to hold out is, is credit to Italy. We all know defensively they're ragged. They're going to defend for their lives. I think there was a clearance in the 90th minute. If Cellini doesn't do that in a game, it's not it's not a Cellini performance. He clears <laughs> it and he's celebrating to the fans saying, come on. I mean, yeah, Italy, Italy looked good. Probably throughout the tournament have been the most consistent team and the best team when it comes to playing football and showing their dominance in the game. So that, that second semi-final is going to be difficult to call and I don't want to be predicting it because I've been wrong several times in this tournament. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've predicted Italy to make the final and I'll probably make them slight the favourites ahead of Spain, if I'm being totally honest, although I think Spain are very impressive as well. Dej, and um, what were your thoughts on Italy's performance against Belgium? I think they did what they had to do. First half, you know, they done well. They saw, I would say they dominated the game, but Belgium still had their chances on the break. You know, Doku was causing a lot of problems. I mean, that guy reminds me of Adama Traore, like from a standing start, he can just beat you. But I think that was always going to be the issue that Italy faced. You know, pace was going to be the commodity that caused them problems because centrally, they're not the quickest, they're not the most mobile. But I think, again, this stage in the tournament, it's about doing what needs to be done to get through to the semi-final. And I think we, we saw them do that. And, there was one moment in the first half, De Bruyne had a shot and Cellini like headed it, he blocked it with his head and he said to De Bruyne, come on, bring more, bring more of that. That's what I would be doing. And I just knew that this guy, man, he, he, he's a great, he's a great. Is that not an X factor for them, well, for Italy? The fact that they love defending like that. You see the way they celebrate. It's almost as, it's, well, they almost celebrate their defences <laughs> and the clearances more than they celebrate goals. And in that second half, they were even when they were under pressure, it was like you say, it was almost like, bring it on. We're ready for it. And this is what we want. This is what feeds us. Yeah, it's an old school mentality. And that's uh, the cornerstone that Italian football has been built on. Yes, we've seen the glamorous football throughout this tournament. You know, the beautiful goals from Insignia, Locatelli, two marvellous strikes. But when you revert back to type and you go back to their core, that's what Italian football is about. And we saw them have to utilise that to get through to the semi-final. Just think the nasty injury that Spinazzola suffered at the last stages of the game is a big, big blow for Italy because he's been their outlet this tournament. He's been fantastic. One of the players of the tournament when it comes to going forward. So I think Italy are going to miss that against Spain. Um so, yeah, I think it's, it's very well balanced. I just can't wait to see this game. I think it's going to be an amazing football match. I think I'm still back in Spain to dominate the game in terms of possession, in terms of manipulating the ball and probably winning that midfield battle. But I think Italy are more clinical and I think that might see them over the line. Yeah. Is it not? 
Yeah, I'll go with that. I think Italy are favourites. I think when you look at both teams, both of them are in different stages of their transition. I think Spain probably came into this, um, you know, with, you know, they're a bit wet behind their ears in terms of international experience. Yes, they had, you know, they have Cesar Spilicueta, Jordi Alba, Busquets. But when you look at the rest of the players, most of them, this is their first taste of international football. Pedri stolen the headlines. I mean, what a player he looks like he's going to be. But when you look at Italy, they're there. They're right where they're meant to be in terms of going to win the title. And I think ultimately that experience is going to see them through. It's almost about Spain. They almost uh, they almost seem a bit naive sometimes in their approach. They just mm. clearly almost lack a bit of craft up front. I mean, it's weird to say after they scored 10 goals in two games, but... Um, yeah, but against Switzerland, they almost looked desperate at times when they just didn't know what to do once they got into that final third. And you almost sort of think that because Italy is so much more streetwise, they're going to be able to mm-hmm. cope with whatever Spain do with the ball because they're going to have a lot of the ball because it's just Spain. That's what they do. Um, but yeah, that lack of craft up front is probably going to be a problem for them. And they still haven't really figured out what to do up front, have they? Yeah, I don't think they've figured out what to do up front, but they're dangerous. Like, if you keep creating chances, you're a dangerous team. I don't care how many chances you miss because you can have a day where it all goes in. And we saw that against Croatia and the game before when they scored five goals. So this Spain team, they're good. They're very good. Thiago doesn't get into the starting eleven. Let's put some respect on that Spanish team's name because they are a very good team. And we all know that Luis Enrique is a winner. He's won Champions League. He's won La Liga's. He's looking at this tournament thinking, I didn't expect us to get this far, but there's two games to go. Let's get to the semi-final. Let's try and do a job in Italy. And then we'll fancy our chances against England or Denmark. So, yeah, let's not write off Spain. They're, they're a good team. Okay, and so quickly on that then, I know you're saying you don't want to predict it, but who are you calling? <laughs> Which way are you calling it? Hmm. I'm calling all four teams to be in the final, if that can happen. <laughs> Dej? Oof. I'm going to have to go England versus Italy, I think. Yeah, England versus Italy. And, and how does that turn out? Oh, that's a tough one. At Wembley, obviously, will give England a bit of an advantage. But I think Italy are still the better team. I think they've got everything collectively to be able to do it. But... It's a tough one. I think Italy are the better team, but England can do it. Well, I'm not predicting anything. I know you can, if you can see this, I'm wearing my my Italy shirt, so I kind of you can kind of see which way I think it may it made the tournament may end up. But again, <laughs> like everyone else, I've got predictions. So many predictions wrong this tournament. So um, all that's left to say is thank you, guys. I think that is everything, and um, yeah, we'll see you in a couple of days. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 